Welcome to another episode of the Streaky the Lawn podcast. We're back. Sorry we missed a week. We had to uh, regroup. But I've got the Good Luck podcast crew with me, Emily and Caroline. Hello. How are you? Hi. We uh, have we recovered from the parades and the... Uh, no. Celebratory- <laughs> Never well, so I just watched... Celebrating. I DVR'd. Um, I found like replays of Purdue... Auburn and the oh National my God. game. And so <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't watched. So I found them like literally right after I got back. So I don't record anything just out of that's my freak out. I don't know. I don't I, I don't record games during the season because they're mostly on uh ACC network extra, so I could watch them again if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I don't like adding new things. I do I understand it's stupid and it doesn't actually have an impact, but in my mind I'm like, if I record this. I'm going to end up with a loss on the DVR. I'm going to have to come home and like delete it and like deal with this whole thing. It, I know it doesn't make any sense. another superstition. Yeah, it's just a superstition. Like I can't, I can't start recording games on DVR now because I haven't done it all season. I haven't done it ever. So I was like, but now I don't have any of the games to watch. So anyway, they came on one of those like replay things. <laughs> so um, I hadn't rewatched Auburn or the national championship game at all until like, two days ago and so I finally sat down and was like I don't know maybe there's something in my mind that was like I don't know if I watched it it would end differently I don't know you get yeah do you get that anxiety of like oh is the shot gonna go in well there was kind of like the moments of where you Virginia was controlling things and I was like it just really illustrated to me like how big a shots that Auburn and Texas Tech had to actually hit to stay in some of those games and then take the lead and then like trailing with you know 20 seconds left and how did they get this done there were several times where I was like how did they get this done like I don't understand how they won these games um but it was also really cool because watching it with the whole thing of the commentary and the side camera that zooms along and like gets Ty bringing the ball up the court like it's just the whole production of the final four that you don't get yeah yeah exactly Finally, I could look at it without having Grant Hill's head in my way because, you know, <laughs> my seats were so good. No, so it was just really cool to, like, watch all that again. And you can kind of watch – I think Ty, the first thing he did was run over and find Tony, I think. Um, you know, like, that you finally see, like, Tony sitting there and hunched over for a couple seconds before he gets out. It was just really cool. I still so don't really believe it happened. this thing you're not done celebrating. Yeah, basically. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> uh, Emily? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm you've, still. You've moved on to NFL draft. <laughs> I'm still riding the high for sure, but um, yeah, no, haven't had a whole lot of time to continue celebrating. How much I didn't really have even... you thrown at your coworkers? Um, I think it's more they threw things at me because they heard about it all season and they were like, okay, now she'll stop talking. So I came in, there were some more um, nice uh, photos on my desk, some Photoshop work by my colleagues. That was excellent. (laughs) Um, And there was a commemorative magazine. Someone wrote enjoy. So people kind of just like, let me have it. And then that's awesome. That was that. I think everybody should ride the championship celebration forever. Yeah. And, and, any issues with Virginia basketball can just wash away. Yeah, seriously. I blissfully <laughs> don't care about anything anyone ever says. But 
that doesn't mean we don't have plenty to talk about because uh, there have been developments. Yeah. Post-championship developments, we've got um, no one left on the team uh, is probably the most notable one. Uh, no one is a, is a stretch, but there's definitely a large dent. Kihei and Jay. Braxton. Braxton hasn't announced yet. I know there was. Well, they can't now. They're past the. Yeah, so we're safe. Sunday night was the deadline. All right. Yeah, Kihei cannot enter the draft, so we're safe there. And basically, now we just have to sweat until May 29th. Yeah. Which is the last day that they can come back, aka Mamadi can come back. So anyone listening, I'm sure, is all caught up on streakingalon.com's coverage of this. But if not, uh, certainly Kyle, Guy, Ty, Jerome, and DeAndre Hunter have made it uh, definitively clear that uh, they are gone. They are RIP Big Three. They're taking their championship basketball pedigree to the professional level. We wish them the best. I know I saw a few things like, you UVA fans out there who are criticizing them. I am one of the many, many people who replied to those things with, I have seen no one criticizing them. And Apparently I, it's uh, all been on Facebook, the, which the is like, of, if you're still, yeah, I, like, stay I, away from those things, folks. I, those guys crushed it. And if there were people the criticizing them, they're in the vast, vast minority of UVA uh, yeah. fans. I also, yeah. I, like, I understand criticism of like, the decision to leave early to turn pro in terms of like draft stock, but not in terms of like you're abandoning the school. Yeah, no, don't. Like, right. Like you can criticize Kyle Guy and be like, he's not ready. He's not going to get drafted. The decision doesn't make sense to some people maybe, or like you think he should come back, bump his stock without Ty kind of on the floor with him. That's a fair argument, I think. But the decision to be like, he should come back just for the sake of like finishing school or like leading yeah. this team again. Like that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. If he's ready, he should go. With Kyle, some things that are interesting that haven't really been talked about that I thought about. This is one of the, and I don't mean this as a slight to Kyle, obviously, but um, I think he's going to be successful wherever and probably going to play G League or abroad first, but we'll see what happens. Um, This is one of the weaker drafts, um, and it's going to be tougher next year. So the things that Kyle could do to improve his draft stock will legitimately only be maybe put on some weight. Yeah, like, the size is definitely the biggest. Yeah. yeah. And he shot extraordinarily well. He showed that he can be more physical and get to the rim. He showed that he can – and obviously comparing college basketball, even if it's playing in the ACC, is not remotely similar to the type of athletes or stuff that you're going to find in the NBA. Yeah. But he rebounded much better. He was a better, you know, ball handler. So he did a lot of those things that I just don't think that there was that much more he could do to improve his draft stock – by coming back I mean like I mean I think the only argument there is that like he can show we kind of talked about this a little bit um obviously not on this podcast but with the streaking yeah. cool, with like the <laughs> only thing that he could really do is show that he can lead a team sure that he can be like the it guy like a lot of people obviously like he was kind of like the it shooter for most of the season but I think when you looked at Virginia 2018 to 2019 it was like Dre and Ty were like the people who are the it guys, you know, even, even if we don't agree with that, I think like the perception was that. I don't, it's kind of, there was some of that. And I think that Kyle too has all, has though benefited from being the face of the program. Like when people, because he was right. the guy that talked a lot about 
well, everything, the UMBC stuff. Like he was at media day. He was the guy that was always like when they didn't know who to pick from Virginia for like an all whatever team, they'd pick Kyle. (laughs) But I think not as much this past, well, some this year, but, but yeah. The difference between being the face of the program and being like, a leader of the team in terms of like playing. Like I think when yeah. people look at, think about like the most crucial player from last year's team, we'd probably say Ty Jerome. Yeah. I was gonna say that was Ty's team. Right. That was Ty's yeah. team. I think the argument would just be that this could be Kyle's team. It would have been. Yeah, definitely. 100%. So, it would have been Kyle's which, team if he came back. Right. And that's where like, maybe you say he raises his draft stock a little bit by showing that like he can, he can really lead and like yeah. be the big player on a big team. I think I that's say. more of a UVA fan take though just because we followed them you know their yeah. whole careers where we're like we know the ridiculous importance all three of them had all three of the big yeah. three i think i think maybe more outside folks would say that you know kyle guy i mean he won the most outstanding player right like he, yeah. you know right I, and I, I don't think anyone's arguing that he's not like statistically up there in the same realm with them but i'm saying in terms of like what he could have gained from coming back next year if he comes back and, and he has to score 30 points a game because he's like the one returning elite scorer and yeah. just fills up the stats. I mean, I get that. I think I, I another year to even just showcase his ability to do more offensively than shoot threes to me could have. You also, yeah. Possible strength. You know, you I, he's run the risk of, that, but to like build, build it out. You also run the risk of having a, uh, like, 35 percent shooting year from three yeah, yeah. because if, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if he's the guy now and like We're depending on things shake out. Yeah. yeah and so that's one of those like I'm, I'm also curious what his um what his second announcement so when he first announced he actually had the language in there that like i'm leaving open blah, blah, blah. and it was what like two weeks a week maybe before he he tweeted again and i don't know how much was like getting other we don't know who's talking to whom behind the scenes like he could know somebody at a specific team that was like the front office likes you or the front, you know, I don't know how this stuff works that they could say like, we want you, you know, Indiana Pacers like you and they want you like on the G league team, whatever, whatever. This is all just, I'm just making up as an example. Cause like if his fiance or then wife is going to be in Indiana, blah, 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 blah. So when you look at those things, also the fact that he came back and changed that up and said like, for sure he's leaving, that does a lot for the program in the sense of, scholarships Mm -hmm. like that's extremely helpful to tony bennett and the recruiting Mm -hmm. plan because now you don't have to wonder whether or not this person's coming back like so i don't know if that also then maybe you start like getting super conspiracy theory but like okay what does this have to do with maybe someone on the transfer market or you know whatever other things (laughs) the housers yeah exactly (laughs) like where does that factor in and the same thing you look at that too and you know we haven't mentioned it yet but marco anthony announced he was transferring which I don't think is a huge surprise to a lot of folks. I know that and as far as I'm concerned, like good luck to him. He's a good dude. It just playing time just didn't work out the way we thought yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll give updates on him down the line when he's like at UTSA or something and people will get mad at us because he was a traitor and left the team. Um, but so it, I think those things are interesting. Like, time wise. No, I know. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I just think it's interesting timing wise. Cause then you kind of start thinking about, okay, who's coming in, who's returning that sort of thing. And so, I know we hit on it, but we do have the, uh, the question mark of Mamadi Diakite can come back. 
Um, I mean, really, any of them come can't back. come back. Oh yeah. Please come back. Jesus. He, uh, it, it would make it makes even less sense for him to leave than for Kyle to leave. And yes. like, neither of them will probably like as much as I hate to say this, neither of them will get taken. No. Mamani like, had such a great season. I need him to come back and just get a little bit stronger, do a little bit. He doesn't need to get a little bit bigger. Like realistically, when you think yeah. about, it, he's like still pretty slender, especially if you're talking about like an NBA caliber big, big man. I'm putting air quotes yeah. around that, which you can't see. In well, he has to add a consistent three point shot. Yeah, like he can make them. We know he can make them, but he was o for whatever in the NCAA tournament, and that was the only like thing that I could say bad negative about his NCAA tournament performance because oh, he was outstanding. His otherwise, performance wasn't indicative of his year-long no some of that might have to do with minutes and whatnot and he can come back and have more minutes more consistently right i'm like if he wants to become a second round draft pick next year like i don't think any of us are sitting here thinking he's going to become a lottery pick like in one year but if he wants to go in the second round he needs to show that he can do what he did in march all season long yeah and And i think more he he clearly started to figure things out yeah Um, whether it was timing on defense and the blocks and every single like people having so many career yeah hairdo was top notch um people start like the players i love seeing career highs happen in the ncaa tournament because that's the time that you do them when you have them you know what i mean like he had five blocks against auburn and that was his career high like i mean deandre hunter man that that final performance was like chef's kiss beautiful like i will say though that uh mamadi changed his wording on his initial announcement his initial announcement was a little bit aggressive i'm not gonna lie i was like it was basically like what he said i think and i quote like i'm confident in my decision and i was like are you are you he said i'll always like charlottesville will always hold a special place in my heart and it was all very like past tense yeah it was all very like keep very final yeah and then and he then, went back being like but i can return to school or whatever yeah. else i'm like and, it's like testing the waters i'm like better way to say it Much yeah better. And then part of it could be and i don't i, I don't want to say this and make it sound like super insensitive like english is not his first language that is like yeah fluent french and i think maybe that could have been a like didn't realize how it sounded as like emphatically so i'm glad i'm glad he went back and changed it i don't know i'm if also that sure be. he had some help writing I think they all have to probably had somebody like in the athletics department reading over their posts being like, okay. Well, Kyle and or Ty and Dre got those sweet ass videos. Videos. That was, I thought that was really cool. I don't know if anyone else did, but that I thought that was really neat. Like, well, that's also why I was surprised by how quickly Kyle said he was staying in the draft because he didn't make one, which I assumed meant like there was much more room for him to return, which there still is. Like we said, like, even though he said he's staying in the draft, he still technically has until 10 days after the combine to take his name out. Or to take money from someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, like, it doesn't – obviously, it doesn't sound like – it doesn't seem like he's leaning toward that. But I assumed that was the reason why he didn't get one of those videos. I did, too. Because I think they maybe thought that he was more of, like, a 50-50 leave-or-go kind of guy. What is nice about all this, and Pierce, you're just, like, waiting for us to stop, like <laughs> – no, what's extra nice is, like, all of these things – like Ty leaving early and DeAndre leaving early and you know whatever happens with Kyle like it's really good for the program I know like that sounds counterintuitive at times but like and I don't want Virginia to turn into a one and done factory because I think this anxiety of not knowing who's coming back I don't know how like Duke and Kentucky fans do it every year this is so stressful (laughs) like it's so sad like you just get to know people well this year is also 
more of an extreme case because yes. of the relaxed draft rules that we're like yeah. way more people are declaring this year than normally do. So it's and like, it's, it's way more up in the air. Who's going to be where next year. And we, you factor into like, okay, if Virginia didn't win a national championship, does Kyle come back or does, you know, whatever, but that's, we don't have to worry about that because they won a national championship, but right. you look at the fact of like Deandre and Ty are just showing that you can go to Virginia compete for a national championship, become a better player and still leave her. If you still want to leave earlier, you can go to the draft at any point. It doesn't matter like that you stay for four or five years, like a Malcolm Brogdon or a Joe Harris. Like there's still opportunities for Tony Bennett to get you to the league. And that's such a huge thing. Like on, whenever the draft is, there's going to be someone that announces DeAndre Hunter's name in the first 10 picks and says university of Virginia. And he's going to go up there and, be picked by a team like that's cool and that's huge all you have to do is come red shirt we should um, talk about the recruiting um, because we're going to need some players on the team uh, <laughs> year, jay huff's gonna play shooting guard that's just oh god but they do have two already locked with uh letters of intents uh, who signed in the <laughs> Yep, that's correct. Uh, Caden Shedrick <laughs> and Casey Morsel, uh, both four-star guys, high four-star guys. Uh, Shedrick's a 6'11 center, Morsel 6'2 shooting guard. Uh, I mean, these these are impactful uh, in, in many ways. Both of them look like really, really strong players, but obviously Morsel right now might be the most important guy because yeah, he's which... a shooting guard and <laughs> we don't have any. Um, Statman? Uh, we saw a little bit of this year. He has a sweet stroke. I think everybody would say it's fair that he has not quite found the pack line defense. Uh, maybe he does. I mean, you know, a lot of these guys take that first to second year leap. So we're going to need. Yeah, we do play. not have backcourt depth. Yeah, I mean, who plays? Uh, who plays? <laughs> we really don't, or size for that matter. Like I'll he can't man. play 40, 40 uh, minutes a game, right? And I don't want no. Statman bringing the ball up. Yeah, I mean, I also think the thing to consider is like Ty being a six-five point guard. He had a size element that we're going to be lacking this yep. year. And this is not to like start talking about how like small certain point guards on our team may be. But, like, Ty had a height and had a length that also helped him defensively that yeah. we will not have next year. Yeah, Morsel's only 6'2", but I know he's, you know, longer wingspan um, than his height would suggest. And most of the chatter I've seen is actually talking up his defensive abilities. So He's apparently me, supposed to be one of the most ready. Yeah, not just out of necessity, but I, I think we're going to see plenty of him because of his ability uh, next year. And they also got a commit from a guy to play wing um, named Justin McCoy, who was one of those sort of late bloomer, um, didn't really pick up a lot of uh, major, high major program um, offers until after his senior year. He was a Penn State commit and decommitted. And had a, he's a Carolina guy that UNC offered and was recruiting. And he came or committed to UVA, which – I couldn't name the last person yeah, seriously. <laughs> if it's that role. So that right there is indicative of, uh, I would say, his relationship with Tony Bennett, but also uh, the value of winning championships, uh, being able to 
know, show these guys who are going to the lead and being able to, like you were saying, sell somebody on DeAndre Hunter's role. Um, and I think that's what we're, we're seeing. Boy. Yeah. So I guess next year, I mean, you're looking at hopefully Morsel can slide in to the two. Hopefully Key is ready to play full time at the three or with McCoy. I mean, Key to me is almost more of that power forward of undersized power forward role, you know, like you want him in the paint. I don't know. He I, also he came into his own the last couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and, and in, the, a, uh, in a promising way. The freaking championship game, he was, he was yeah. wonderful. So good. Um, so good. I think we're, that... we're all interested to see Car- Carafaro um, play maybe as a Jack Salt type. I mean, he seems But with offense. Enormous to me. Um, <laughs> I, I huge wait, 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 Donnie. Are you saying that Jack Salt? Is not very good at offense. Are you? I have said that. Are you public uh, offensive touch? Uh, I have said that repeatedly. Are part of the offense, Caroline? (laughs) With an offensive touch, which means you know, like scoring. His screen. He is important to the offense, and I still maintain that. But he's a guy. Kafar is a guy that seems to be based on everything I've heard. Brings the physicality of Jack Salt, but also has that touch around the rim that is more of like an acute. I don't know. I don't necessarily say like like Akil Mitchell that he plays the same way as Akil, but Akil could score at the basket, which is uh, what we're looking for. I think this is going to be interesting because the, basically the power dynamics are just going to shift on this team from a very guard heavy, strong team to a very forward heavy, strong team. So we have to get production out of if Diakite returns. So having a team that has Diakite, Huff, and Kafaro, like I think that should be pretty strong. Like you should be able to score points in the paint, and especially when you add. Braxton Key and his rebounding abilities and that sort of stuff. It's just going to be interesting to see, like we've all said, what are we, what is going to happen with the guards? Is Cody Statman going to step up? Is Kihei going to be able to like carry a brunt of the, like he's, he did well, I think passing and dishing stuff out, but obviously Ty was outstanding at that stuff too. Um, and him and Ty have a really good relationship. Ty has been mentoring him. Um, I think that is going to be only helpful. I wish there was another year maybe that they could have done that, but that's how the stuff works. Um, I think it's absolutely critical in, in the way that, you know, we want them to succeed next year and keep the momentum of championship caliber basketball. I think that'll be exciting. No matter what they do next year, they still want this year. I, you know, but for their success next year, it's critical. They bring in a grad transfer uh, point guard. You have yeah. to have another ball yeah. handler, and they'll only unless they find a recruit out there to come in in 2019 who is a good ball handler. I wonder if there are any out there that, that are available classify into that. But mm, you weird. can also anyway. have the grad transfer market uh, for guys who are immediately yeah. eligible and established. So I and this is where there's a. Fun. a debate about um and i'm you know no i'm definitely no expert on the cruton trail um but where i think this gets interesting is where do so that they did say that the housers are i legitimately just had to process what cruton meant i was like in my head we went to like croutons and i was like wait a second what are we talking about i'm sorry continue no i was you have to think about i mean so they they have announced or at least you know on the twitters um sources have confirmed that the hauser brothers are coming the 17th to the 19th of may um and so it's just a matter of what you look at whether getting those two guys so they would be one would be 
sit one, play one, and then the younger one would be sit one, play two. Um, I've heard the younger one described as like would have been one of the best post prospects that Virginia has had in a while like when it comes to scoring and shooting. Like, I like the way that I, these guys would be an outstanding fit for Virginia. The question is, how do you feel about bringing them in, like using scholarships, having them sit, that whole yep. process of them to makes them go through? And then when you play next year and neither is a point guard. So I don't think, you know, at least as it stands right now, you've yet right. to room. Right. But then you look at potentially if you only have one more scholarship for 2020, then you go really hard after a guy like Reese Beekman and get that point guard that then meshes well with these two guys who would fit perfectly with the system who know how to run the offense because they've run it before that are guys that Tony Bennett recruited for the, so you almost kind of give, next year is a full rebuilding year to ensure that 2021 is better is bad is good and you're like right back at the same level you're at right now um and that would make things more consistent going forward as opposed to tony doesn't like to put a lot of the pressure on completely first years having to perform their first year in the program so if they don't come then you have a bunch of first years coming in again in 2021 which is also fine because there's a lot of really good recruits out there that i think virginia is in a good spot with so I'm not saying either. Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, so I'm not saying that I think either one is the best plan. I've gotten to the point in my mind where it's like, if Virginia gets the Housers, I think that's a good thing. If they don't, I'm not concerned about what's going to happen progression-wise with who they bring in. Like, so and that's a really good feeling, my, honestly. <laughs> my only thing with that is that Sam Hauser, who's the older one, is definitely the better of the two like in a pretty like there's a pretty big gap between the two brothers and so it'd be the one that we're only getting for one year of actual playing is the one who's actually the better player so then it's like obviously I don't know that that's true though I mean obviously Joey I've heard really good I mean I'm not saying that Sam Hauser is a bad player but like you're looking at differences in Okay, you're going 14.9 points per game for Sam, the older, 9.7 for Joey, 7.2 rebounds for Sam, 5.3 for Joey. So I think it's just he's a much more developed player. And I'm just like, and not that the younger one wouldn't develop under Tony Bennett in two years. I'm just saying the immediate, obviously, there's no immediate impact this year, but the immediate impact when both of them are on the floor, I think is like, I think the older one would be more of a presence for us and you'd only get him for one year. There's just no room. There's no room to take them. I, you know, if you read some of the right and taking two for like Jamie Oaks and stuff, I I don't know that I trust all of the tweets about like their links to UVA because it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense with the scholarships and the needs of the team for next year. It doesn't seem like we have room. And I've seen that there are enough question marks out there about the legitimacy of some of this information that, that I don't I don't believe that UVA even wants them. But I mean, they're definitely opinion, visiting. I don't want to want them. They wouldn't visit if there wasn't some sort of interest. Interest, definitely. yeah. We don't know like, that they're going to make that. Coach, visit. I well, think, I mean, I think it's dates. Like, I know I get yeah. what you're saying, like, but I've seen Twitter from people that don't put like random information out there. They may have said, the kids may have said, we're planning on visiting UVA this weekend is what we have scheduled. But I'm saying I don't know that that links up with what's going to happen on that that weekend. I think that there's a pretty, I would say I'm 95% confident that they've been talking to Virginia and are actually coming to visit. And I think there's more, 
maybe there's more attrition to be had and maybe that's why this makes more sense. We don't know that UVA is done not having guys come back. Maybe Mamadi doesn't come back. Maybe someone else decides. Okay, let's not. We're, we're going to take that one back out of the universe because we don't <laughs> want to put that well, out there. If that's the way that it's standing right now, if Mamadi is coming back or regardless of, of Mamadi, I still don't know that there's room to sacrifice Both. those both sitting out the, the next year's year. scholarships for a team that doesn't have any guards <laughs> besides Kihei. And yeah, I'm actually with you. Got to see Statman. I mean, Key can't play the two. Morsel hopefully can, but, you know, he's not even here yet. So you're I, saying you'd rather bring in a grad transfer too than absolutely. take both the Hauser brothers? Absolutely. That's fair. Because I think also it ties in that we are in really, really good shape, it looks like, for some really class 2020 and 2021 guys, including Beekman, the point guard, including uh, Henry Coleman, the uh, uh, wing out of Richmond. I mean, we could also become in a better place with those commits in the next like couple months than like what was anticipated before March Madness. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, what what happens with the roster management in the next month. Um, so it is late May that we would know about Mamadi, right? May 29th is the last date. Yes. I think one of the things that is nice after all this is I, I've seen some people like, and I know I shouldn't read the comments, whatever. Um, <laughs> people saying like, oh, they're not even going to make the tournament. Like our fan, like our own, you know, people who follow our team concerned. Yeah, people are being a bit dramatic. <laughs> with these people leaving. And I was like, um, well, I don't think that's the case because have you met Tony Bennett? And everyone's talking about like, oh, it's like 16, 17. I was like, yeah, but also that's the Austin Nichols thing too. Or like right after 16, 17, whatever it is. Um, he also still made the tournament. Yeah, and we're a five seed. <laughs> like We made the tournament and we're a five seed with like four and a half players. Like, with yeah. Isaiah being sick, and I, I laughed. Jeff Goodman tweeted something the other day about really looking forward to Virginia winning the ACC next year with Kihei Clark, Mamadi Diakite, Jay Huff. And people are like, we don't even know who those are. And everyone's like, yeah, that's the point. Like, Yo, no matter what, you Tony don't know who Jay Huff away. is. Let's <laughs> learn something. <laughs> you got to learn. Um, so I, I just, and I know people have gotten on us before for saying, like, how yeah, about it's time to trust Tony a little bit? But I, I'm totally 100% in there. Like, well, Tony Bennett has just proven ready. he can also get the most out of the players that he brings in. Like, DeAndre, yes. Right, but, like, DeAndre Hunter was not, like, a super heralded prospect coming out of high school. And it's, like, obviously he had a lot of athletic ability and talent and basketball IQ and the size and all that. But, like, Tony Bennett should get a lot of credit for how he coached him and what he 100%. got out of Dre. But that's why I'm like, yeah. If anyone, it'll, and it'll work, be really interesting. Old take, Emily. Tony Bennett, good <laughs> coach. <laughs> no, I just mean like I think people forget. Like people, I think the assumption is that like DeAndre Hunter was like the best recruit we've ever had come to Virginia, and he just wasn't. He wasn't even the best in that incoming class with like Kyle and Ty. I think he actually was the ranked lower than both of them. I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, I just he is a coach who can get a lot out of. His That's players. why you should feel good about like like these guys like McCoy coming in, who is sort of a similar story, not just a similar player, like someone who's recruiting didn't really take off uh, until senior year, which is really late uh, in, in u- usual for the the top flying guys. 
Uh, should we talk yeah. a little bit about um, some departures around the ACC? Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Well, okay. in, um, <laughs> well, in in and incoming players, because shockingly, Duke's going to have the best recruiting class in the country again, because they are. I, I was shocked Zion declared he's gone. Yeah. Uh, I thought he valued Barrett, education. Yeah. RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish, all gone. Trey Jones is coming back though, which is huge for them because now they're pulling in. They got this Cassius Stanley guy from LA. They've got Matthew Hurt um, and a few others that I can't remember, but. They're going to Which get the preseason. I know he's really. Are you, good. Are you brace not. shaming now? Yeah, is this, is a, new, this looks... is a new form of Pierce's age shaming. Is brace shaming? <laughs> he's, he's, I just saw his headshot. He looks like a twelve-year-old. Like, and I know he's really, really good. He's a USA, you know, player and all that. Um, top ten guy, I think. But um, he looks hilariously young. Anyway, yeah. So they're going to get the preseason nod again. UNC yep. pulled in Perennial Cole P- Anthony. Preseason champions. Yes. Yep. UNC, however, is making some noise. Cole Anthony was like the MVP of like every preseason or whatever, high school tournament, McDonald's All-America, all that stuff. Um, because Kobe White's leaving or left, I'm which is sad that. because I loved Kobe White. <laughs> um, and so they're going to – and then they got Anthony Harris, which I need people in the league to stop taking – players that have names that were formerly on Virginia teams because it's confusing because I'm old and I can't keep things straight anymore um so UNC is going to be lost this year little uh Luke yeah. May finally graduated right <laughs> I think so after 22 bad. years Luke May has finally left I liked playing against him but I, did um, too. <laughs> I, I guess Jack Salt is gone so we don't have his kryptonite yeah um and then you look at like um who else in the league has been well, Buzz Williams is gone. I don't know if we actually ever talked about this on the podcast, um, but Buzz Williams so. went Buzz to Williams. Texas A&M. Where was he coaching? Yeah, I don't know. Someplace south. Someplace that yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. okay. uh, and we want to talk about when we look at our roster, getting a little concerned. Uh, Virginia Tech has like two dudes hanging out together. Like, hey, uh, what are we going to do? So they're going to be, I think Isaiah Wilkins is coming back for them. Um and Landers Nolly, the kid that didn't play it all this year because of the ACT stuff, he's going to be there. And now they have – I can't remember the they right hired name. Wofford's coach who led the Terriers yep. to the NCAA tournament and uh, some recent upsets. Fletcher McGee. <laughs> Fletcher McGee. Fletcher <laughs> yeah, McGee did. did not quite impress uh, in his uh, Kentucky game. but In his final game in college. Yeah. It happens. Um, speaking of ACC teams that are very much reloading with recruits, Louisville's uh, class coming in is pretty ridiculous. Yikes. Yeah, they've got six commits coming in uh, for Coach Mack. Uh, Aiden uh, is a four-star center. Uh, Samuel Williamson is a four-star forward. And David Johnson is a four-star combo guard. And Josh Nickelberry is a four-star shooting guard. And yeah, Jalen Withers is a four-star power forward. Jalen Withers, uh, Tony Bennett recruited pretty heavily. And, yeah, I mean, uh, I would expect Louisville to contend for the conference title next year. Yeah. Oh, 100%. After, yeah. After, you know, they They're got that, good. that one-year transition out of the way. Um, Chris Mack, great Chris, coach. Good coach. Bald, angry, good signs <laughs> and a coach, I think. Everything yeah, it's gonna be is fun. not 
<laughs> I was like, yeah, what are we trying to say about Tony yeah, that's wow, this is like, like Tony Bennett. Yeah. We find out like this. How yeah, we I just don't think Tony Bennett's system can win in March. And <laughs> You're right, it won in April. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's the best. And uh, I think we owe it to our dedicated lacrosse podcast fans to get an update. So, um, Caroline, do you want to give us a lax update? Yeah, um, I know you guys have been listening every episode. Like, where's my lacrosse update? And here it is. Um, Virginia finished the regular season eleven and three, which is uh, pretty, pretty pretty good. Especially since ACC they started games? one and two. Yeah, and not only did they win some ACC games, they're the number one seed in the ACC tournament. Whoa! Um, which is yeah, I'll give you you <laughs> recover from Dunk that. It in. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I'll remember over the last couple of years, people were like Virginia can't win an ACC game. Well, now they did that. They still didn't beat Duke. Still can't beat Duke. <laughs> Michael Krause wasn't playing in that game. Um, they had four guys named to the all-ACC teams. Um, so, yeah, the ACC tournament is going on this weekend and next weekend. Um, Virginia will be playing the winner of the play-in game because, boop, boop, number one seed. Um, so I they'll play. play <laughs> Or the or the pen showcase or whatever. Yeah, the brown game a couple yeah. times. Um so they will play the winner of UNC Syracuse. Um and that will be on Sat so that that game's Thursday. They'll play the winner of that on Saturday. And here's the best part, if Virginia wins that game, then they host the championship game the following weekend in Charlottesville. So it's a new wrinkle to Amazing. the layout of the ACC tournament. So um, because last win. year the whole thing was in in Charlottesville, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah. So this year is the first time they are doing the du- double weekend thing, where they're not both games in the same weekend. Um, so the play-in game and the semis this weekend, and then the finals next weekend. Um, I think regardless, unless it's a bad loss on Saturday, they are probably going to host a first-round NCAA tournament game because um, they do have a strong RPI um, in R11 and three. So. Looking like there's gonna be a game in Charlottesville, regardless. But um, yeah, so that's they've got some uh, good players, some good, 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 uh, good lacrosse players. What's your update? That lacrosse update. All right. Well, stay tuned to the blog for uh, more continuing coverage of basketball roster management and, and decisions <laughs> and declarations and maybe potential surprise commitments. Who knows what's in store for us? Uh, but until uh, next time, for everybody at the blog, I'm Pierce, and I go host. Hey.